Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What's up, man? It's been a little while since you've been in here. I was just saying, I walked in, talked to Michaela. It's been a long time since I've come in studio. I like what you've done to the place. And doesn't it feel great? You mean you like what Chris has done to yeah, the place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and I know that Andrew back there, he's making you sound and look good, too, every day. Right. So everybody's helping you out. You have a good support system around you, Coulter. But it's great that we're talking about games, right? I mean, me and you spent a lot of time together through the off season, even going back to March Madness. And it just seemed like... Everything was gearing up towards this year. We knew in the state of Montana, and yes, I'm saying both Montana teams and everywhere, this was going to be special. Both teams are in the top five, a lot of preseason hype, and now we get to talk about games. I feel like the last month has just been maybe dragging on to get here, and now to break down games, I like the the revamp format here where we can just kind of let it rip, talk analysis, and and let our listeners kind of engage as well. But so much to, to unpack from week one. I know that you were the only person that could – Somehow find a way to be in two places at once <laughs> on right. Saturday. I hope that the radio broadcast wasn't too bad to listen to on the way back because you had to, I think, listen to me on your way to Bozeman. That's so right. all that being said, it was a great first weekend and really happy to kick these off with you. We will uh, be breaking down both the Montana-Montana State victories from over the weekend. The Montana Football Hour presented this week and each week throughout the football season by the Advocates, Stockman Bank, and Blackfoot Communications. Two things that I want to emphasize and reemphasize that I will throughout this entire year, and especially this week. One, we're evaluating these teams from the baseline that we believe that both of Montana and Montana State are top five teams in the FCS and are absolutely national title contenders. So we're not analyzing this from the perspective of if they're possibly in the top 25 or if they're possibly Big Sky title contenders. I think that they are two of, if not the two, Front runners for the Big Sky title, I think they're two of the top five, four or five teams in the country, and that's the standard that's been set. So when we're analyzing it, we're, I at least am going to be taking this from how good can the Grizz be? How good can Montana State be? Where are they in comparison to that? The other thing, though, I think is fascinating is I think that this is the, the offseason that had the most cumulative hype between the two programs, maybe simultaneously ever. Ever. 
part of that's the state of the world. You know, I mean, everybody has a computer in their pocket now. So that's part of it. And, you know, both schools have great video people and social media. So you're getting your daily dose of Grizz and Cats all day, every day. But then also, you have such awesome storylines going on at both schools. I do think the University of Montana has regained some footing in terms of from an institutional perspective. There's a rise in enrollment. The new president is not so new anymore. Seth Bodner's done a good job. They're marketing it well. Montana State, they still have this crazy upward trajectory. Bozeman's blowing up. And Montana itself, the state of Montana, has become more nationally known. So I think that's contributed uh, to a lot of it. But because there's been so much hype coming into this year, I thought that the Grizz and the Cats both played the hype machine. Uh, they, they played against the hype machine and, until the second halves of these games. Even 26 nothing in Missoula, I still was hearing from people, well, we could be doing this, this, and that better. That's how high the expectation is, though, right? Montana State, they scored a touchdown right before halftime, but people are saying, what happened to our offense? Tommy Watts terrible. What's going on? And that's the level of expectation of hype. So I thought these two schools, they were playing against the hype, first and foremost. That's the best part now, though, is now you just analyze it on last week and this week, and that's it. How do you get better from what you did a week ago? How do you get better moving forward? Well, and I think, too, even in this non-conference portion for both of these teams, is how do they work on themselves before they get into Big Sky play, where they are going to be the two favorites going in and more than likely favored in every single game moving forward. I think that's a good call on the hype machine. It wouldn't be Montana or Montana State football unless you had highly critical fans, even when winning uh, with big-time margins. And I, I think just focusing on the Grizz game, at least for me to start, that, yeah, it, it felt like a 13 nothing that it should have been a wider margin early sure. on. And it was very easy to nitpick. And, yes, with Montana State, maybe a little bit of a slower start. But, come on, at the end of the day, both dominating wins. They both put up over 40 points. And I know that we're going to key on this. But the reason why, Coulter, both of these teams have a chance, they're good up front. Yep. And their defenses are what lead the way, at least in my opinion. Especially for the Grizzlies. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. You want to be a part of the show? You want to ask us questions? You want to engage in the conversation? Anything? Call us or text us. 406-888-1029. That's 888 all guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. If you want to stream, you can always do that on the ESPN Montana app. It's up and running. It's working great now. I appreciate all the production and engineering work on that thing. So thanks to Tommy and Andrew in the back for all their work on that. You can also always stream the show uh, on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Uh, Before we fully dive into this conversation, uh, one thing that's coming up on the horizon, next week I will be gone. Uh I'll be on the West Coast uh, in Portland Wednesday through Friday of next week. Uh, and that is in part to cover Montana State's game at Oregon State and in part to help with a little co-collaboration. We're going to be having remote broadcasts of this show at three different establishments in Portland. It's presented by Ten Barrel Brewing. And we'll have some engagement with the Grizzly Scholarship Association. We'll also have some engagement with the MSU Alumni Foundation. So it should be a, a fun gathering place for football fans to come and hang out with us. But during that time, there's also uh, a sweet golf tournament going on uh, to help raise money. And Ryan Tutel is going to be taking my place as a celebrity, and we are forming a team. So, Andrew, 
Uh, tell people a little bit more. How can how can people submit their entries to play in a golf tournament with Tutel? This thing's on, uh, is it September 14th, I believe? Uh, so I guess that's next uh, Wednesday or Thursday. I don't have the calendar right in front of me. Uh, but th- there's an opportunity for people to play some golf with Tutel, which I, I, I'm i not going to advocate for my boy's golfing abilities. I have no idea how much he's been playing on this road trip lately. But I'll tell you this, it's going to be entertaining as how hell. How could he have played any golf? Yeah, that's right. I but, mean... but I promise you, you'll laugh. It, it, whether it's at him or with him, you will laugh. I do believe it is September 14th. What you have to do to enter, send me a picture of a scorecard of any round that you've played this summer. It can be where any course. doesn't have to be in Montana. doesn't have to be a fancy country club. Just send me a picture of any round that you've played this year to 406-888-1029. We'll get the entries in. We'll randomly pick, I, I think, three guys to play with Tutel, three people to play with Tutel, guys or girls. Uh, but that's how you enter. Send me a pic of your scorecard from this summer. Any scorecard from any round, 406-888-1029. Riley, you have a question? Well, that's next Wednesday. I was just wondering. I have the scorecard from Coulter's 105 that I played with him in uh, July. Would you like, can I submit that one for you? Go for it. Okay. I would okay. I would just like to see that. Okay. You don't want to see this. <laughs> the best part about it is you're probably thinking, well, there's a lot of ways to shoot 105. In my most cataclysmic and catastrophic rounds, it's always been because I hit it in the river and then tee it back up and hit it in the lake or hit it in the forest or whatever. The best part about this 105 is I hit the same goddamn ball 105 times. I didn't even have a penalty stroke. I was chili dipping. I was four and five putting. You want to know the best part about it is that was the worst round I've played in my adult in my For time sure. since moving back to Missoula. Uh, I was only over 86 one time after that. So it really was rock bottom. That, I, was, I was at least 20 strokes better in like the 10 or 12 rounds I've played since then. That is awesome, and I promise that's the last time I'll bring it up. <laughs> I told you I would bring it up three times and call you out on the radio. I think I did it on the inside the den. I yep. did it out at Canyon River, and I did it now. I'm done. But, yes, your golf game is way better now. But, yes, yeah. But, anyway, that's next Wednesday for that tournament. So make sure you, you shoot your scorecard to Andrew. Here's what happens when you hit rock bottom. You get so mad – and this is the funny things that Instagram and, and the social media trolls you with. But they always say, well, why would you ever spend your money to go get uh, lessons? You just go buy new clubs. I bought a whole new set of wedges, though, and it really it revolutionized my chipping game. And uh, you know, a lot better. You're not here for the golf, though. You're here for the football, Montana Football Hour. It is presented in part by the advocates. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, call 406 640 4444 and talk to an advocate today. The advocates will handle paperwork and frustrating phone calls with the insurance company so you can focus on helping your loved one heal and recover peacefully. Chat with your advocate today at MontanaAdvocates.com. I'm going to give you three big things from the Grizz game, then three big things from the Bobcat game, and then we can use those for discussion points. So my first big thing uh, for the Grizz game was wondering... How do you marry what looks like a much more diverse and innovative offense with a much more diverse and innovative quarterback with what looks like a defense that's not even in midseason but late-season form? We've seen this throughout college football, and it's been very, very few and far between teams that can truly play lights-out, smash-mouth defense and light you up on offense. I mean, a couple of the Miami teams from the early 2000s come to mind. But usually you get what you emphasize. Montana wants to win games, first and foremost, special teams and defense. 
Their offense, though, if they wanted to and they wanted to let it rip, I think they could really open it up and let it rip. Is the head ball coach going to let them do it, though? That's the interesting part. I thought at times Montana looked innovative on offense. At times I thought they looked stagnant. But if they even are okay on offense, pairing it with what they got on defense and special teams is going to carry them a long ways. I just wonder, how do you marry the two things? Because it just seems like it's one or the other in this day and age. All right, that's a lot to unpack, first off, because I I like what you're saying there. With the, How do you marry the offense and the defense? The defense, I don't know how, but seems like they're better than last year, and they were historically good last year. Offensively, let's focus on it because that's where everybody's wondering, okay, you saw some improvements. How much of maybe the stagnant part of it, Coulter, comes to, and I know this is maybe speculating a little bit, but you're up big. You've got 10 more important games. You maybe just go vanilla, vanilla, vanilla a little bit. How much is that? It's a byproduct of maybe what you said. Well, that's exactly right. You could tell that they were running a script for the first two possessions of the game. And they literally like batted a thousand on it. I mean, they did whatever they wanted offensively. One thing led to another. I mean, the Cole Grossman out, which was his only target of the first second play of the only of the half, that led to Mitch Roberts' first catch, within which then led to Mitch Roberts' tunnel screen that was the first touchdown. I mean, everything led to everything else. And then you could tell though on the third and fourth possessions, the third possession, I think the coach Hawk was like, "Hey guys, we scored twice easy with the glitz and glam and the the motion offense." Proved to me you can run inside zone. And they, they went three and out. And then on the fourth possession, boom, they put this, the backup offensive line in, see what those guys got. So I do think there was a lot of gamesmanship there. I think you're right. I think that they knew. I mean, after Marcus Knight, Wilson in the end zone, and then they have a punt block that they turn into a touchdown. After that, then it's experimentation because they knew they had the game well in hand. Well, from 13 to nothing to 26 was just massive. The feel that you had, because again, at 13 nothing, it's more of, man, this should be bigger than this. How does the second half strategy change with Northwestern State getting the ball? They were able to put it away early, but I want to go back to what you said because that's so key for these Grizz to take the next step. Last year, there is no question about it. They started tailoring the offense to emphasize the strength of their defense. They were not going to lose a game, so to speak. The offense was. Now I think you can get that more aggressive tone back in there in the offensive room. And I think tempo is what is going to be the most interesting thing to me because at the end of the day, you need to make sure your defense is fresh. But at the same time, I feel maybe Lucas Johnson and this offense will work a little better if they go faster. So do you take that risk of going faster but maybe having a three and out but yet the benefit of it, you could be really explosive offensively. The weapons are there. I'm with you, though. It'll be interesting to see how they do it. My second big thing about the Grizz is that I think they have an opportunity to be significantly better than they were on defense a year ago. And that's saying something because they were one of the best defenses that I've covered in my 15 years covering the Big Sky Conference. I guess now year 16 between newspapers and Skyline Sports and, and here at ESPN Montana. And the reason I think they're going to be better is that it doesn't really have much to do with the headliners because they still have – several of the same headliners, Patrick O'Connell, Robbie Houck. uh, Those guys are still leading the way. It's the fact that last year, guys like Tyler Flink and Levi Janicaro and Ryan Tyrrell and uh, Henry Hank Noose. uh, Braxton Hill to a degree. Braxton Hill, uh, Cale Edwards. Those guys were all either just scratching the surface of starting to play or just starting to believe that they could contribute. Now I think every single one of those guys thinks that they're dudes. They uh, they all operate with the same level of swagger and confidence as the guys that quote-unquote play ahead of them. There's not really an ahead thing. I mean, that's the most fascinating part is 
The Grizz were up uh, 40 to nothing and then 47 to nothing, and he still had starters on the field because they don't really have starters. It's just whoever's turn it is within the rep count. But that's why I think they could be a lot, I should say a lot better, but I, I do think that they have the opportunity to be uh, almost unbreakable defensively because of how much depth that they have. Well, and I think in preseason talk and offseason talk, depth can become such a boring topic, right, to try and establish depth. And you know you need depth because injuries are going to happen. But when you can see it play out live and how different a team is when they can utilize depth and there's no drop-off between the ones, the twos, and the threes. And what was interesting to me, the intensity level, I thought, went up For in sure. the fourth quarter because the threes are out there saying you can't, you can't lose this shutout. And the sense of pride was there. Everybody has raised their level up a year. You have 18 starters back, but four, the four new starters, three of them are senior transfers. So ser- right. the only new starter, truly, is Liam Brown and Patrick Rohrbach at punter, who looked pretty darn good in game number one. And Liam Brown, pretty athletic, downfield blocking. I saw on that screen that Mitch Roberts was able to, to bust it out for a touchdown. So with that being said, it was fully on display. I'm with you. I don't want to get too crazy out there that they're obviously going to be way better. But, man, depth-wise, scheme-wise, it just seems that the – and you know X's and O's. I would say even more than me, Coulter, as how you break down a game and what you can watch for maybe compared to me because I'm following the ball yeah. mostly as play-by-play. But they're adding new wrinkles to they this defense sure. every week, every year. And I don't know how an offense prepares for it. The most fascinating part about it is Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy supporting your friends, your neighbors. Uh, the... At all levels of football, hyper-aggressive defenses like Montana's have – it's feast or famine. Because you do have a weakness from being over-aggressive and having somebody exploit that. And in the few times that this defensive scheme has been exploited, 2019 against the Cats in Bozeman, uh, Eastern Washington a year ago Sac State. in Cheney, Sac State last year here in Missoula, and James Madison. I mean, those are their – they're really their only four real glaring losses between 2019 and, and 2021. It, it was those teams attacking a specific spot of the defense, a specific in the seam. But the thing that's so interesting to me is in this day and age of co- modern college football, where so many teams and so many coaching staffs are so dead set on playing chess, Montana doesn't want to play chess. They want to play Mike Tyson. Like they want to, they seriously want to play Bill Goldberg, just tackle you in the middle of the ring, pin you, and get it over with. Like Braxton Hill made a comment yesterday at the press conference. He said, Well, we have a lot to work on because our goal is to make the opponent go three and out every single time. Every single, every single time. time. And so uh, that's what's so interesting to me is the 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 weakness of the defensive scheme is definitive. But if these guys continue to just stack elite performance on elite performance, the level of confidence that they're going to be playing with by the time October and November rolls around is going to be unprecedented. And they also, they don't get lured into the, I'm going to do this, so you do this. They just straight bring the heat, and it's all about just going as hard as you possibly can. What scheme or what personnel is the kryptonite? What can beat this Montana I think, I think attacking this defense up the seam with an elite slot receiver. I think that's what you saw. Or if you run like what Sac State did last year with the two-back set, they run that halfback angle where they have one running back leak out to the side and the other one run an angle right at the middle of the field. It makes the linebackers guess, and then if the quarterback can make the throw to the right running back, 
okay, now you're you're just chipping away, chipping away. Sac State just was able to incrementally, not these chunk plays, they were just getting six yards, six yards, six yards. Eastern, they just put Tololo Limu Jones right in the slot, run him up the seam. And James Madison, same thing. They, they would take their awesome X and put him at Y, basically, and run him on skinny posts right up at the safety. That's what I'm – again, we're evaluating these teams based on national championship expectations. And I, all I kept thinking of was, my God, this defense is going to hurt somebody with the level of aggression that they play with. But how does it match I – I couldn't help but think, how does it match up with North Dakota State and South Dakota State? That's what I kept thinking about the whole game. That is the comparison, though. And you're right. I'm so glad you prefaced it. And Grizz and Cat fans out there, don't get on us because we are trying to compare this in a team that's in the top four and a team that expects to not leave the state of Montana in December. I'd go another step too, Colter. I agree with you on, on the slot receiver answer in finding the seam in the zone that you can find gaps, but even more so now with all the twists and the stunts up front, you have to have an experienced offensive line. I think that if you have an offensive line like Northwestern State had coming in here, three newcomers that are trying to communicate and adjust pre-snap, you are in for a nightmare against Montana. And I think it's going to take a solidified group up front to be able to recognize the the disguised coverages from this defense too. So I would say it's one of two things that uh, might be able to get through to this Grizz defense would be that elite slot receiver and play calling and obviously an experienced offensive line group. But this defense is going to lead the way. I think that offensively, um, what we haven't talked about yet is just the depth at running back what they've had and that's going to be a nice parallel as we transition into the cat game as well in Bozeman but the fact that nobody had over 10 carries the fact that they all spread it out and how about the pod formation with three running backs that's something we can get into do that's just another wrinkle that was added as we start comparing both teams Montana football hour presented in part by Blackfoot Communications Blackfoot Communications the official digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics they also sponsor so much of our podcast and multimedia content here at ESPN Montana and they also are the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast. Who do you got on Inside the Den? It came out yesterday. It's the Hall of Fame edition. So we've got all four Grizzly Hall of Famers that are going to get inducted uh, in this week's Hall of Fame. Scott McGowan and Lake Thatcher Zalay and Blaine Taylor. Grizzly Bill Schwanke in there as well. Um, obviously, this now the Inside the Den is going to be each Monday. Um, it'll be a game recap, radio highlights, Coach Hawk post game, and then the Hall of Fame edition this week. So be on the lookout for the Inside the Den we, every Monday. And our thanks, as always, to Blackfoot for uh, being the sponsor for pretty much everything that you listen to for podcasts. Montana State got their season off to a 1-0 and start as well. The Montana Football Hour here on Nuana is now Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, uh, joining us here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. All right, so here's three big things I got from the CAC game. One, we talk about playing the hype. I thought that Montana State certainly was playing against all of the question marks that had surrounded this program for the first nine months uh, of 2022. You could tell that uh, all of the things from how do you replace Troy Anderson to how do you replace uh, a stud offensive line that loses three starters to uh, what's Tommy Mallott do for an encore Lance to McCutcheon. What is, I mean, what is the, you, you have an overhaul of your wide receivers with nothing but transfers to – what does Brent Vegan do in his second season? I thought all that stuff was on the table for Montana State. I also thought 98 degrees uh, with the way that the sun sits in Bozeman, beaten down on the uh, Bobcat sideline, I thought that had a huge effect on the game in the first half. McNeese was in the shadows there uh, at Bobcat Stadium. Cats right in the sun. Uh, 
But more than anything, I thought the the element of the unknown was a huge deal as well. McNeese State, 59 new players on their roster, a brand new coaching staff. They had no idea what was going on, and I thought the, cat, the, the Cats had no idea what McNeese had going on, I should say. And I thought the Cats um, looked out of sorts in a scoreless first quarter. I thought they, they looked like they weren't communicating right and maybe feeling some nerves in the second quarter. But I thought the pivotal moment in the game was about four minutes to go in the second quarter, and they had a fourth and one from their own 21-yard line, from the McNeese 21-yard line. So it would have been a 38-yard field goal. Blake Lesnar is one of the best kickers in the league. Very solid. He had a, a, a great freshman year last year at MSU, and they didn't line up for the field goal. Instead, they ran a quarterback keeper with Tommy Malott, and he barely got it, but he got it. And then two plays later, he throws a, uh, a post corner to Willie Patterson in the corner of the end zone. Boom, catches it. Cats up 17-10 going to halftime. And then I thought their ability to diagnose what they were seeing and remake the game plan and then execute almost flawlessly in the third quarter. They score 16 unanswered more in the third quarter to take a three-score lead. And then they were able to just kind of ride it out. So... I thought that uh, a good job not letting the pressure crush him after halftime. I thought a good job of making in-game adjustments. Uh, but I thought that you could tell there was a lot of nerves there right out the gates. Well, and I think just trying to manage all of the expectations is so hard. And I think the first quarter, even more uh, back to both games and every and both teams, you just got to cut a little bit of slack, at least for the first couple possessions. You're going to have rust. Uh, but what I saw, I was able to catch the second half. And that's when the adjustments came into play. And you got to credit the Cat coaching staff for doing that because they came out like a different team. I felt in the third quarter, Coulter, what's amazing to me as someone that maybe doesn't follow it obviously as closely as you do is the offensive line because that was a huge question mark to me, yet you look at the box score, it's status quo cats and what's been their formula for success the last couple of years, pound the ball down your throat. It really doesn't matter who is going to be at running back. This time it was Huntley Project standout Lane Sumner that had the, the fantastic day. But even with the question marks, at least in my eyes on the offensive line, it looked like business as usual. Pound the ball. What was it? Nearly 400 yards rushing again. It was typical cat football. uh, That's right. And if you, if you, I mean, Holding is holding, and that's what it is. But they had two holding calls on two really long runs, including one that would have been a 60-yard touchdown for Sumner. If he gets that one, I mean, he's well into the 200s, and they're well over 400 yards rushing. I thought the offensive line, uh, I thought that McNeese gave the offensive line uh, a different look than they were expecting, and I thought they had a really hard time with it in the first half. I thought they got on the same page communication-wise in the second half. I also think that it's very interesting that given – that they have a guy in Lewis Kidd playing in the NFL now. They have another guy in Taylor Tuiasasopo, who's a two-time All-Big Sky selection, and a guy in uh, TJ Session who transferred to Cal in the offseason. I thought that um, the fact that Brent Vegan has said consistently over the last month or so that they fully expect they're going to be better on the offensive line, I think that's very interesting. Um, But I also think he wouldn't say that unless he truly believed it. And... uh, I also got to say, I got to stay on the tail for Lane Sumner for a minute. The kid's 5'8", 190 pounds. He doesn't look like much. But for whatever reason, people have then used what he looks like to pin him as sort of this underdog guy. Lane Sumner reminds me of like a hybrid between Chase Reynolds and Cody Kirk. He's a little bit shorter, 
but the dude has mad juice. I mean, he is a two-time state champion in the 100 meters in high school. I mean, he can absolutely run. He's not, he's one of those, I, I always say this. People say he's faster than he looks. He's not faster than he looks. He's absolutely just fast. He runs a <laughs> sub-11 second 100 meters. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on their team. Uh, I was 0% surprised. I have been a huge proponent for Layden Sumner ever since he first got to Montana State. I was 0% surprised that he was able to to turn it up. Uh, but I do think the Cat offense, they left a lot to be desired. I thought Tommy Mallott really never got in a flow. I mean, his 17-yard touchdown that he scored, the funniest and craziest play fake you ever seen. You want to know why? Because he ran the wrong play. He <laughs> turned the wrong way and made the fake wrong. He's so athletic, though. The the backers flowed to the back, and he used it as kind of a zone read and got upfield and scored. Brett Vegan, afterwards, when, we, when he was asked about it, he just shook his head and was like, you know, sometimes things just work out your way. Well, well you got better players, and you got maybe That's the right. best player on the field. Good things are going to happen in that regard. I, I Tommy Millard, nothing surprises me what he's able to do now. My, my biggest question is just, can he handle the whole workload That's all right. year long? Your thoughts on how they implemented him? Obviously, in the run game, he's always going to be a big piece. But Coulter, he did it for four games last year. Yeah. Can he do it for 15 games yeah. this year if this team wants to go deep in December? Well, and I also just think that they put the kid on an absolute pedestal. They made him not only the face of the football team, they made him the face of the athletic department. He's one of the faces of the university. He's one of the faces of the conference. I mean, that's I mean, what I'm saying, for yeah. sure. I mean, he is one of the most famous people in Montana, and he's 20. You know, like he's 20 years old. That's a lot to handle. So the fact that the kid was nervous coming out the gates, I'm not that surprised by it. But that's my second big thing about the Cats. Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. It's presented by the Advocates. Summer weather brings more distraction and dangerous driving to your roads. If you or a loved one has been injured, the Advocates are here to help you. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal process so you can get back on your feet emotionally, financially, and physically. Call 406 640 Four 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 today. I mentioned Lane Sumner, which was my third big thing uh, for the Cats, and I wasn't surprised one bit. But my second thing for the Cats uh, is just where are they going to turn without their leaders? And I think that was another reason that their defense was swimming a little bit in the first half. You know, Callahan O'Reilly can fill the gap and, and bang heads with the best of them. He also could take a ton of risks because the guy playing the other inside linebacker spot runs 4-4 flat. <laughs> when you got Troy Anderson to chase guys down, you, you can operate a little differently. I thought that Montana State, the first half, they didn't know who to turn to, where to look. I mean, the guys that are supposed to be the leaders of their team, Tommy Mallott, Brody Greeby, guys, they're sophomores. So that's it's a, diff, it's a different scenario. I think that's something that will emerge as the season goes on. Well, as well, and I think that might take more than a couple of games to get that established For to sure. where these sophomores can learn it. And Colter, that was going to be my question to you: was tell me about their defense because everybody's talking about their offensive line and a lot in the running game as they should. Yeah. But tell me how you you felt about the defense going in and and how they performed because yeah, he's seventeen points on the board. Sure, they look good, but but your assessment on uh, how they played? Well, it's impossible for them to be as talented as they were. A year ago. I mean, there's only 19 schools in the entire United States of America that had two guys drafting the NFL. Montana State was one of them. So, uh, once in a generation level of talent. That said, I think they have really good depth on the D line. You know, that was sort of the undertold storyline of last year. They had headliners like Daniel Hardy and Chase Benson and Amandre Williams. They still played about 10 guys on the defensive line. And Callahan O'Reilly is going to be a big adjustment for him, not playing next to Troy Anderson, but he's a good player and he's really tough. The other Mike spot, though, they need that one to come along for sure. I think they're going to be good in the secondary. I think most of what they had go wrong defensively was misalignments and miscommunications, and so, so much of that uh, just comes from leadership. It's the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us in studio, as he will, the first hour uh, of each Monday's show. And we'll, we'll finish this game analysis like this, and that is that both teams, both Montana and Montana State, had decided 
and uh, dominant victories over Division One opponents. Similar even, opponents. Even though the Southland has definitely taken a, a step back and they are a middle-to-bottom-tier FCS league, it's still a Division One win for both sides. Both teams have a lot of room that they can improve on, but that, I think, is what makes this so fun, is that now you can just diagnose what they need to improve on, and they can try to get better each week. And I think that both teams have a lot to improve on. When you're talking about huge wins like that and you still have a lot to improve on, that shows you the, the potential of both squads. Best problem to have for both Coach Vegan and Coach Houck this week is you are making corrections off of dominating wins. And how does, how does each team grow week to week? Now, this is very cliche as well, but it's very important. After being around the game, you have for a long time, I have as well, that you have to get better each week. You can't. Go backwards if you want to be the last team standing. So, yes, this is a good baseline for both teams. They start 1-0. Very curious how they both come out next week. Grizz have a little bit of a tougher opponent than Montana State, but both could show massive improvement next Saturday. Moorhead State in Bozeman, South Dakota in Missoula. We'll get you a little bit of a preview on that in about 15 minutes. We'll take a step outside the Big Sky Conference and outside Division One football here in the state of Montana. Because we're a little bit backed up, we're going to be doing the Montana Football Hour the first hour of every Monday show. It's Tuesday because it was just Labor Day weekend. It's also, though, the first Tuesday of the month. So we have our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. And we have Kira Camrud, who's a DPT from Alpine Physical Therapy. And they are doing, once again, their concussion screening. This is uh, very important for all your youngsters out there playing football, but also other sports as well, we'll give you some information on baseline concussion testing from Alpine Physical Therapy right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television or maybe you're tuning in on the ESPN Montana app. No matter how you're watching, appreciate you being here. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and proud to say so. We are going to have a little bit of an unorthodox addition to the Montana Football Hour here. You can check out the Montana Football Hour each Monday, first hour of each Monday show from 4 to 5. But we didn't have a show yesterday, so it's the uh, first one of the in-season Montana football hours. It's coming to you on a Tuesday. It also happens to be, though, the first Tuesday of the month here in September. So we have our youth sports segment where we highlight 
various things happening uh, in the youth sports community, and it is presented this week by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. We've done this for a couple years now, but Alpine Physical Therapy, they will be having their concussion screenings uh, next week, next Tuesday, down there at Fort Missoula, and we're joined in studio now by Kira Camrud. you got to tell us, what does DPT stand for? That is Doctor of Physical Therapy? Yes. Look how correct. smart I am. Not nearly as smart as the doctor. <laughs> you, just, you Googled that before we came on. <laughs> That's don't. exactly right. Well, you know, i got to sound so, somewhat smart when we have a doctor in the house. Uh, first and foremost, just tell us a little bit about the basics of this baseline concussion testing, because this is something that's very important for people to really learn about and also uh, very valuable for parents and children alike. Yeah, so the baseline concussion screening is basically a round of easy tests, balance, reaction time, um, some like cognition, memory, etc., to be able to have a test for when the kid is healthy. So then if someone were to sustain a concussion, we can go back and retest them on those things that they were healthy on and just see if they've changed. Um, and it just gives us a lot better idea of when they can return to sport um, and when is safe to return to sport. We have learned uh, so much about concussions in the last decade or decade and a half, uh, most of which teaching us how detrimental they can be to your health, both short-term and long-term. Uh, but I think that there's still a little bit of a misperception about concussions in general. It, it's not just the insane hit across the middle of a varsity football game where somebody's not completely unconscious, right? I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can suffer traumatic brain injuries, both minor and severe. So just tell people just about uh, why it's important to sort of protect your brain, but also how th this is not just a, a super hard hit in a high-level football game. This can happen in a lot of different sports. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy to get a concussion. You don't even have to physically hit your head on anything. Um, like in combat or something like that, or a car crash where your head, your head moves, right. um, you can get a concussion. So yeah, it's really important that kids get, even as young as six, eight years old, get tested on these things because if what we know now, because um, obviously it's kind of blown up in football, rugby, et cetera, um, is it's the repeated concussions that are important. If a kid can not have two concussions in a row, um, typically in about a 30-day span is what we like to prevent a kid from going back to sport. Um, so they don't have two concussions in that 30-day span. They're actually going to do pretty well on everything. They're not going to have any long-term consequences. Um, so that is why the baseline testing is so important because it tells us when a kid can actually they return back to sport and safely do so. So if they were to sustain another concussion, they're not going to have those long-term consequences. Well, you kind of lead me into it because the long-term effects is something that we've seen at the youth level, but obviously as athletes progress in their athletic careers, how much do you see just the long-term effect of not one, not two, but maybe someone that just continues to have multiple concussions and how that can affect them for the rest of their life? Oh my gosh, yeah. I have had a couple like NFL um, pro hockey players that I've seen and they're not even coming to me for post-concussion stuff, but just you know, talking to them about their experience with getting multiple concussions. And I mean, yeah, they are suffering long-term consequences, seizures, sleeplessness, um, eye issues, all of the game. I mean, some kids have to stop playing sports in general, even at a youth and college level because they get so many. Um, and that's, again, it's what, it's the repeated concussions in a short period of time is what the research has found um, has been the most detrimental to long-term um, life issues. Kira Cameron joining us here in studio. She is a physical therapist at Alpine Physical Therapy. They are hosting 
a concussion screening. Fort Missoula next Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m. It's right there uh, at the Overlook Shelter, which is near the Bella Vista Pavilion there at Fort Missoula. Uh, tell people what, just the ins and outs of this thing. They can just come down and, and see you. No need to make an appointment, or how does this work? Yeah, so any uh, we're mostly trying to screen kids here. So any kid, 6 to 18 preferably, um, can come anytime from 4 to 7. We're mostly going to be working with the Strikers, um, the fall group of the Strikers sure. this fall. And so their teams will automatically be involved in it. But if you are outside of that, then, yeah, you can just come 4 to 7. Um, parents have to sign a consent form to allow their kids to be tested. Um, but it's about 10 minutes. It's free. And then you'll get a copy of the baseline information that you can then take to any healthcare provider. And then Alpine will also keep a copy so that you can come if you do have a concussion. And you're coaching with the Strikers, too. I am right? coaching with the Strikers. How's the squad look? Missoula Strikers, always a very strong club. Yeah, I'm a goalkeeper coach. Oh, very good. So helping those little ones not get concussions. So do you uh, do you observe, then, the University of Montana soccer team ever? Because they have had an unbelievable string of goal. I mean, Claire Howard and now Camelia Zoo, two of the best goalkeepers the Big Sky Conference have seen. Totally. I personally have not followed them very much. I yeah. just moved back to Montana. Oh, but cool. yes, no, I know. They've had some good seasons, for sure. Well, awesome. Uh, anything else? to add that people need to know about this before we let you go? Uh, no, I mean, just that it is really important to have your kids screen. I think we learned, have learned so much more about concussions over the last, you know, 10 years and the, the consequences afterward and just what to do afterward has changed a lot. So I think getting the correct information and getting your kids screened is super important. Go get your kids screened down there. Uh, any youth sport athlete, Alpine PT concussion screenings down there at Fort Missoula next Tuesday, 4 to 7 p.m., uh, head on down, and uh, this is very valuable. Kira Cameron in studio. Thanks for being here, Kira. Thank you. More on the Montana football hour. We'll take a look around the rest of the Big Sky Conference and the rest of the FCS. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Keep it right here at CSPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country and you have full access to our full manufacturing shop you can look in the case you don't have to start out designing something you can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience jewelry design center now open in missoula at 2501 brook street across from the montana club jewelry design center your jeweler for life Rage Against the Machine will always remind me of Ryan Tutel, and you'll never believe this, but Ryan calls me yesterday, last evening, and he says, and he was on last week with us, and we're going to have him, you know, contributing here like he did last fall for our ESPN College Game Days. He says, I got to come on this week. I got, I got some takes. And I said, Ben, you are always welcome on the show. I just thought that you wanted to be retired. I didn't want to bug you. He literally has an open door whenever the heck he wants to come on. So uh, that's uh, very fitting for Ryan. I, you know he's got takes nonstop. Oh, for sure. How 100%. much football you think that guy watches? Man. Yeah, Because he's the he, master called, of recording games and no, like watching them late. When he called last night, he said he was watching the Super Bowl from last year. I was like, why? He's <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm getting ready for football season. I was like, Jeez. you're so strange. Wow. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining me. Coulter Nuanas uh, coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. I'll give you a little recap of all the stuff that happened on Thursday night in the Big Sky Conference. 
Uh, how about the rest of the uh, the slate? I know, Riley, you go through a lot of the results from around the league and around the FCS uh, because of your status as a voter in the Stats Perform uh, Top 25. Uh, what results stood out to you? I mean, the, the number one storyline coming out of Thursday was Portland State letting it slip away against San Jose State, and they have to absolutely be kicking themselves, honestly, because they they did. Uh, so uh, how about that game, and also just what else did you see from the weekend? Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun diving in and just, you know, seeing teams for the first time with our own eyes, especially some of these squads, culture like Portland State, Cal Poly, UC Davis, that you do not get the kind of analysis or just coverage that we come to expect here in Montana. I think that maybe the underrated result from Thursday that will not show up in the box score is Cal Poly because they got in the red zone three times without scoring against Fresno State. They handled an initial blitz. They just looked a lot more competent as yeah. a football team Good. under Bo Baldwin in year two, which does not surprise anybody. But that was interesting to me. Portland State should have won that game three times over. And it was funny. I talked with Coach Houck. He said he was surprised they didn't win. He thought For on sure. paper going into that game that Portland State was better. That surprised me a little bit. I wonder, and I don't want to be too dramatic here with our guy Barney, but is this a loss that affects you for multiple weeks? Because instead of being 1-0, and all of a sudden, hey, look out for us. It's, man, we blew it. Now they have another FBS game, and then they're coming to Missoula in late September. Can they corral it? Moving forward to Saturday, I mean, Eastern Washington. That's the first one that pops off the page to me. When you have FCS teams playing FBS, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. The FCS versus FCS games, to me, is what shows me more Eastern Washington. Who is going to be the quarterback? Well, they didn't bring in anybody new. They didn't bring in a young kid. It's the career backup in Gunner Talkington. He got his first start, and man, Big Sky Player of the Week, five touchdowns. But they were playing Tennessee State. So I I take it in two doses, Coulter. Number one, I was impressed that Eastern still was able to, to be the same Eastern on offense. But at the same time, can this be sustained through the gauntlet that they're going to go through now? Because it begins. This was the game they were supposed to win the next five. Oregon, Florida, Cats, Sac State, Weber State. Let's yeah. see how they do the next five games. That was something that stood out to me. And then Idaho. I, I was, I'll admit. They pushed Washington I, they State did, all the way Which, bad. you know, yep. kind of, you know, hits me a little bit harder. I watched that <laughs> game late thinking, man, the Cougs don't look very good. And Idaho looks, they just look more inspired under a new voice. And whether that's personnel, execution, whatever, they needed a jolt. And it seems like they got it from Jason X. So those are a couple of my rambling takeaways. What stood out to you? I know you were really locked in on the the Cats and the Grizz, but what else, if anything, when you looked at the box scores or saw the scores? Montana Football Hour, Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. It's presented by the Advocates. Parents, if you have a young driver in the house that was injured because of someone else's negligence, call the Advocates. The Advocates will take over the stressful legal process so you can take care of your child and help get them back on their feet. Everyone deserves an advocate. Give the Advocates a call today, 640-4444. That's 406-640-4444. I did have a lot of traveling with to and from Bozeman. Uh, and uh, I got to say thank you to Town Pump for their continued sponsorship of all the things we do here at ESPN Montana and Skyline Sports. Town Pump by the Mile is a new promotion that we'll be introducing here uh, later on this week. We're just waiting to secure some fun prizes for you that include gas cards. So, I mean, that's about as valuable as gold, literally, this day and age. But Town Pump got me to and from Bozeman. They'll be getting us uh, all over the place uh, as we travel around the Big Sky Conference all football season, so stay tuned for more details on Town Pump by the Mile. I thought the most eye-opening result from the first week of the Big Sky Conference was not 
all of the near losses to FBS teams, nor any wins by any of the contending Big Sky Conference teams, because make no mistake, the contenders all won, right? Sac State, Weber State, Eastern Washington, Montana, Montana State. I want to get to Sac State after your point, though. They all they all won, but I thought the most eye-opening result was Northern Colorado giving up 46 to Houston Baptist. And I, and I know it's never, I mean, when you've won one-fourth of your games over the last since you joined the Big Sky in 2006, it's never a surprise that that you don't win. I mean, they truly have won about 25 to 30% of their games since they went D1 in 2006. They have not been and, good. And if you take away that one year that Ernest Collins put well, it together. They actually had back-to-back right. winning seasons under Ernest Collins. Take those two out? Whoa. I mean, Ernest Collins went, he, he coached exactly 100 games at his alma mater. He went 28 and 72. I mean, that's, a, that's about, ex- and that's with two six-win seasons. So that's about exactly where Northern Colorado's been at. Still, when you assemble this whole deal and you're going to have the the McCaffrey family barbecue down there at, at in Greeley and, you know, you have a head coach who's never been a head coach in Ed McCaffrey. you got an offensive coordinator who's never been an offensive coordinator in that's Dylan the, McCaffrey. That's the head coach's son. It's a, and then you have another head coach's son playing quarterback. You bring in a, a former five-star recruit in Jacob Sermon as a transfer and he has no chance to play. There's a lot of pizzazz and a lot of shiny uh, star power there in Greeley. And to have a debut like that where you just straight up don't get it done. I mean, how many D1 wins does Houston Baptist have? They've only been... How about this? They were one of two teams that did not get a win last year. They were 0-11. Northwestern. I'm saying. Because I was looking at it. Northwestern State, they won three games last year. Two were against Houston Baptist. So that's a... Team out of the Southland, Andrew, hop in. Northern Colorado smoked Houston Baptist by 30 in Houston last year. That's right. Whoa. And so to give up 46 and lose, I mean, woof. <laughs> That's a bad loss. I mean, don't even don't forget they added Elijah Dotson as well. So we need to add sure. the pizzazz that's in there. But Coulter, let's just call it what it is. This is a train wreck. This is a disaster that's happening down in Greeley. Tell me a game that they might win. They play at Wyoming, at Lamar. They do get Idaho State at home, at Idaho, Sac State, Cats, Davis, Portland State, and Eastern. I mean, I mean literally I mean, Idaho State. Maybe this is a, a, an eye-opener for them. And here's the deal. Ed McCaffrey has brought in a bunch of talent. I, they have all sorts of guys with FBS drop-downs and former four-star recruits and all that. Well, think of their quarterback room. I mean, I mean, you got a guy sure. from Michigan and a five-star dude. two four-star. I mean, a four-star and a five-star. Yeah. I mean, there, there's only been like 10 guys with that level of recruit and a quarterback in the Big Sky ever. They have two of them on the same team. With the first team all Big Sky running back and Elijah Dotson, this dual threat. Yeah, that Northern Colorado's got a lot of work to do. Maybe this will be an eye-opener. Maybe they can, you know, make that talent start producing. Or maybe it just goes completely off the rails. All I know is that with the way that they've operated, the overturn on their roster they had in the offseason, the way that they've operated or lack thereof with the media and within the league, it, it, they are are they're sledding they, they are going straight downhill at uh, a pretty dim result at the end of this thing, in, unless the, it's some sort of some way righted and they have some sort of very surprising resurgence. Well, I know Andrew covered it well, and I had the same sentiments of I've been to the last two Big Sky kickoffs, and I've yet to see Ed McCaffrey. I haven't so talked to him I, yet. I mean, no. He's so come I, on this show. He's great when he comes on this show because he, he knows he's bringing the heat in Montana, but I just don't really know. Yeah, there, there's a there's a disconnect, and and there's there's a... I think that there's a, a lack of respect for this level of football. I think those guys thought they were going to come in and they were going to run roughshod over the rest of the FCS and the rest of the Big Sky. Guess what, man? 
teams in this at this level are good, but they just lost to one of the teams at this level that isn't good. It's not a, not a good starting point for Northern Colorado. Well, and I think, too, one little takeaway, and again, maybe this isn't relevant in the big scheme of it all, but we said there was a tier of a bottom four yeah. that are going to struggle. I think it's a bottom two. I think Northern Colorado and Idaho State are at the bottom. Portland State and Cal Poly at least showed some competence. Portland State even more than that. Yeah, but Portland State's That's better. a takeaway. Sac State, real quick. They gave up over 500 yards passing to Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State. I understand that stats sometimes are for losers, but come on. That has to at least raise your eyebrows. Isn't Sac State's old OC the head coach at Utah Tech? Paul Peterson. I think so. Yes. So there's a little bit of familiarity there, too. But but it does raise your eyebrows, eh, for sure. I don't know. You read into it too much. Sac State has a bye week this week before going to Northern Iowa next week. That'll be interesting. Montana football hour here on Nuanas Now. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, riding with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. They have 36 branches, and they're growing. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Uh, Last thoughts here as we wrap up the Montana football hour. Moorhead State coming to Bozeman. It's a Pioneer League squad, and uh, I think Montana State's going to have a lot of stuff cleaned up from last week. I think it's uh, a pretty easy win there for Montana State. I think they just get one last tune-up before then they take the show on the road, and they have two huge games, one in Portland against Oregon State and then another uh, in uh, Cheney against Eastern Washington. That's such an intriguing game to me. It is for sure. Uh, But I think one of the best games for any Big Sky Conference team this week is here in Missoula, and it's a Big Sky Conference Missouri Valley showdown, and we have a well-coached and uh, very talented South Dakota team coming here to Missoula. South Dakota has been right outside the uh, the top 25 in the FCS playoffs. They were a, or excuse me, in the FCS top 25, they were a playoff team uh, a year ago. I have dealt with Bob Nilsson in the past because he was the head coach at Minnesota Duluth, where he won multiple national championships, and uh, He's done a really good job there at South Dakota. South Dakota, the state itself, has a lot of resources, and you could see both North Dakota and South Dakota have been trying to keep up with their in-state rivals, and it's made them both way better. And so this is a good South Dakota team coming to town here uh, this weekend to play the Grits. Really good take on North Dakota and South Dakota having to raise their levels. People forget they were at D2, both of them. You know, back in the 90s, now they have elevated. They proved that they belong. They've both been in the playoffs. South Dakota, you mentioned it, Bob Nielsen. He's one of just 11 active coaches coaching right now that has over 200 wins. You know what he's doing? Coach, Coach Hauk has high regard for him. It's typical Missouri Valley. They're going to be really good up front. I yep. think that your offensive line questions and everybody else's offensive line questions for the Grizz will be put to the test. It's a very good defensive front for South Dakota. Yep. They've got a quarterback that is the only quarterback to ever start as a true freshman at USD. Now he's in his third year. He's a third-year sophomore, but he started the last 17 games. And he got the spring season, which is some extra time for him. He's a very talented kid. Without a question. Does South Dakota, can they survive the schedule? They got injured against Kansas State, a couple linemen down, a linebacker, so can they survive with that? That'll be intriguing to me. And Coulter, I think it is. It's the premier FCS game on Saturday. There's three games in the FCS this week that, from a national standpoint, certainly are the top three. Thursday night, Tennessee Martin plays Missouri State. That's a top 15 battle. And then the other two are Big Sky versus Missouri Valley. UC Davis goes to South Dakota State. And then South Dakota comes to Montana. One final note for 10 seconds. South Dakota State. 
Seven to three, lost to Iowa, and never allowed a touchdown. Unbelievable! That was a crazy result—a field goal and two safeties. Do you think better is South Dakota State or worse with that result? Well, I think it's amazing because John Stigelmeyer's been there since uh, you know, like since Shep was a pup. I mean, forever, man. He's been there since FDR was the president, and <laughs> he has proclaimed that this team was his best offensive unit ever. But to hold a Big Ten team out of the end zone. Salty defense there at SDSU as well. That, that That's a good confidence builder for South Dakota State. But also, I think that's a real dynamic, like you were talking about with Portland State. Can the, the almost win over an FBS linger and uh, cause you to be disappointed? Uh, not sure. Ton of football talk throughout the rest of the week and throughout the rest of the football season. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, will join us for the first hour of each Monday show. You can find his calls across the Grizzly Radio Network. You can also check out the Inside the Den podcast. Thanks to the Advocates. Blackfoot Communications, and Stockman Bank for their sponsorship of the Montana Football Hour. Thanks for being here, man. Always, man. This is fun. Let's keep it rolling. The man who brings it, your favorite, Marty Mornaway, Monday afternoon quarterback. Next, keep it right here in Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.